0: Given the recent election, we are going to be welcoming a new president, and so we've been doing a series, both a retrospective looking at how religious freedom fared in the Trump era, but also looking forward. And I think with this show, we're going to especially be looking forward at some of the things that we expect from the period of the Biden presidency, our guest today my friend attorney and scholar Nicholas Miller who is the director of the Andrews University Religious International Religious Liberty Institute and professor at the seminary there at Andrews Nick always a pleasure to have you with me on Freedom's Ring
1: always good to be here Alan very nice so there's a number of ongoing challenges
0: when it comes to religious liberty,
1: ongoing issues. Where do you want to start? Well, I suppose we could talk about the outcome of the election and how that shapes our approach to some of the questions coming up. You know, this has been such a contested election season, and, you know, half my friends on Facebook think that we're coming out of a long national nightmare, Um, and the other half think, we're just heading into long national nightmare, entering it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think that they're both right, and they're both wrong, and that God is still in control, and that there has some, been some things in this election that doesn't make everybody happy. Remember Abraham Lincoln, um, in his famous address at the end of the Civil War, talked about the prayers of both could not be answered, that of neither have been answered fully. The Almighty has his own purposes. And Certainly, um, President-elect Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris have prevailed, but the blue wave that was predicted didn't happen. Uh, The Senate is probably going to stay Republican. There's going to be some special elections in January, but it's likely that the Republicans will hold on to the Senate, and the Democrats lost ground in the House. They still control it. But what that means is there isn't going to be a complete democrat makeover of our government and supreme court and court packing and all the plans that some of the democrats had and many of the republicans feared are not going to happen both sides are going to have to work together there's going to be a conservative supreme court there's not going to be court packing um probably the we've talked about the equality act that would elevate lgbt rights over religious freedom Uh, That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And so I actually think it's a good outcome, right? I'm nonpartisan. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm happier when there's a kind of balance of power. And I think that's what we're looking at. And that's where I'm at, too. And and I think it should also give us a moment of empathy, right? We don't want our friends to be frustrated and angry like we were or like we're becoming. Uh, Can't we see that we need to work together on these things? And so I've identified three or four issues going forward that this divided and balanced government, um, we can talk about the approaches that will probably happen. Now, all bets are off if, in fact, the Democrats do take the Senate and that there'll be some different outcomes. But the first issue I thought was worth talking about for a couple of minutes was the, the biggest issue the entire world faces together this ongoing national and global pandemic, right? and we just had some meetings with an international group of experts, and everyone in the world is facing this question of what's the appropriate way to balance off religious freedom and health concerns in the community. Literally last week, the Supreme Court came down with a decision that pushed the balance away from health and towards religious freedom and religious worship in ways that may be concerning and in fact just today vacated a decision out in the ninth circuit didn't they uh in fact you're out there in california yes. maybe you can tell our listeners exactly what happened there well
0: my understanding and, and i've had limited time to look at it because we had a power outage and i've been dealing with uh you know getting a generator and all of that sort of thing and getting some power and not losing all of our food again like we did last year but um the trial court had issued an injunction against the church, no, you're not allowed to meet in person. You you have to obey the rules. And if you don't, you know, there's penalties involved. And the Supreme Court granted the hearing of the case and with that vacated the lower court's order. Now, I've already gotten calls from pastors, oh, that means that uh, we can go back to church, right? No, it doesn't mean that because uh, the court has not struck down state rules about that. In fact, Governor Newsom today also issued, you know, new stringent restrictions um akin to the early ones urging Californians to stay at home because so many thousands of Americans are dying every day, and, and California's, you know, we're in a world of hurt.
1: Now, L.A. County, though, has um has issued regulations, and churches are entirely exempt from them, I understand, and I think that was in response to the Supreme Court's earlier decision in the, um, the Roman uh, Catholic case out of New York versus Cuomo. So, the bottom line is is this church closing issue is one of constitutional law that the Biden administration will not be able to directly control. So I think that the Biden administration is going to be more proactive and involved in trying to set some sort of national standards for cooperation and oversight on the, the COVID pandemic. Um, but their ability to, say, open and close churches is going to be very, very limited, in fact, non-existent. It's still going to be a state and local issue. And right now, the conservative Supreme Court, with the new justice, Amy Barrett, is indicating it's going to be protective of religious freedom. And I don't think, I don't want your listeners to get the wrong idea. The Supreme Court didn't say you can't limit churches at all. In fact, it spoke favorably of limitations of 100 members or 50 members. It just ruled that in New York City, where there were limits of 10 and 25, in cathedrals and synagogues that seated hundreds, if not more than 1,000, that that wasn't reasonable.
0: You know, Nick, this discussion reminds me of something the Apostle Paul wrote that I think Christians frequently ignore. Where he said, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. You know, whether or not your right to assemble and gather in church is infringed or, or permitted by the state, uh, really, you want to go and expose your family and your friends to death and risk of death? I certainly don't. I have a hard time understanding why others are so intent on doing that.
1: Well, I think your point about um, all things are lawful, but not all things are wise is a good one. I'm here in Michigan, which has a more conservative government. At least it's a divided government. The governor is Democratic, but the legislature is Republican. And since the beginning of our lockdowns, which have been fairly restrictive, um, it's been noticed across the nation how restrictive they are. In the very beginning, churches have been exempt. None of them have applied to worship services. Still, our church is closed for a two or three month period in the in the spring and early summer. And when we did open up, we opened up with strict distancing, mask wearing, no congregating in the foyers, and this kind of thing. And we've been going to church for several months at uh, regulated attendance, and we haven't seen problems. But we're following guidelines not because we have to, but because it's the wise, responsible, caring, loving thing to do. And uh, Well, here in California, as you know, where there have been
0: uh, fairly strict restrictions, uh, there's a whole movement of rebellion. And we have a number of churches, including a prominent one in my own community, which is not a huge place, where they're gathering without any safety precautions. They're insisting that they're going to hug, and they're not wearing masks, and they're going to sing, and they're going to do everything. And, uh, you know, It was reported to me, one pastor answered the question from a visitor who was wearing a mask and no one else was, you know, where's your mask? And the pastor held up his Bible and said, this is my mask. My Bible is my mask.
1: Well, that's just presumption and it's a poor witness for the church. And ironically, it may be that government's heavy handedness has pressed and, and helped cause this kind of extreme rebellion because from what I can see, that kind of thing isn't happening in Michigan.
0: Nick, we're not going to have time to cover everything. What I want you to do is at least give the list of what you think the key areas are.
1: Yeah. So we talked about the pandemic. I think the second area is the contest between LGBT rights and religious freedom. And again, if the Senate stays Republican, the Equality Act will not pass, but we can work to passing the Fairness for All Act, which is much fairer, creates a balance between religious freedom and LGBT rights. We don't want persons discriminated in employment and housing based on sexual and gender identity and orientation. But we do want religious people's consciences protected and even business owners of faith. And there's a fair balance that that legislation strikes and the Adventist church uh, supports it. There's also issues of school funding and vouchers. Just recently in Florida, an elementary school teacher at uh, one of the Adventist schools there was let go because he was in a romantic relationship with another man uh, against contrary to church teaching. And the secular media covered that and pointed out that the school there gets voucher money and state funds. It's indirect, of course, so it doesn't violate the Constitution. Um, But they just felt that a school that gets state funds, no matter how they get it, shouldn't be allowed to stand for their biblical teachings. Now, Florida allows that. They allow them to take the money and uh, and implement their biblical teachings, Um, but if the Senate were to go Democratic, we would see a lot more strings on these questions and a lot more problems for our schools. So we should pray for a divided government. Um, The other issue, really, that's been on our radar screen is that of uh, the continued social justice protests and the unrest that we've had there. We've all watched as Protests have happened in our major cities. Uh, some of them turning violent. The vast majority not being violent. Um, Black Lives Matter movement, and then responses to those. And um, I'm hopeful that under a Biden administration, that there would be a greater sensitivity and responsiveness of the government to the many legitimate concerns of our minority communities. Um, and as Christians, as church groups we could work to bring greater harmony and reconciliation in, in the way that our police operate, in the way that the justice system operates. In the We know there's inequity at every level in terms of arrest numbers, in terms of conviction numbers, in terms of sentencing. If you're white and it's the same crime, the same evidence uh, versus if you're black, Uh, You're more likely to be arrested, more likely to be convicted, more likely to spend time in jail. There's no question that there are still significant levels of implicit bias in our system. Mm -hmm. And we can hope that uh, under a Biden administration that would be addressed. I think, Nick, and we need to wrap this up, but
0: I think that too many are confused because they think that, well, we have these laws against discrimination, so there is no such thing as systemic discrimination anymore, or a systemic inequality. But the system still operates in ways that are fundamentally racist. And whether or not it is strictly legal, it happens. well. We've been talking about what a future looks like for religious freedom in the Biden administration. Our guest today, attorney and scholar, Nicholas Miller. Nick, as always a pleasure having you with us. And as we close, remember here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom, we help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. That's churchstate.org. And don't forget friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Brunach. Till next
1: week, keep freedom ringing.